It's the Not Bad Dad Podcast with Fuzz and Jeff. Do you have your windows open? I'm just messing around. So our intro to the show is lying this morning because... Well, we have uh, not Jeff on the show today because Jeff is moving. Instead, we've got uh, a, a guest dad on the show today. His name's Tim. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hey, Tim. See, look at you. You're already doing dad jokes. That's great. <laughs> Start off on the right foot, right? Yeah, this is going to work out nicely. So uh, Tim and I work together. We're, uh, uh, I guess, what would you say? We're peers at a ad yeah. agency. We are we are brothers in arms. We're, we are brothers in arms, and uh, uh, you have a. How old is your daughter? Seven. She is six and a half. Six and a half. All right. So, and, uh, and that half just, being very very important. That half is important. When you're six, that half is important because that is uh, uh, the one twelfth of your life. That uh, that extra half. It's true. At that point. It's very true. Okay. Yeah. So you are currently on the road, and you're traveling for work, aren't you? I am. I am headed to beautiful Indianapolis. Indianapolis for a junior bowling thing. Yeah, junior gold. Junior gold. So uh, it sounds like an, you know, a gateway drug, but it's actually, <laughs> it's actually for bowling. It, yeah, it's some uh, some posh uh, type of marijuana you'd find at the uh, dispensary in, in Colorado. Yes, it's posh, posh weed for uh, rich kids to <laughs> yeah. get into better stuff. Oh, did you he hear? He's on that junior gold, man. Uh, he's all screwed up. Uh, so, you and I travel a lot for work, and I always feel bad leaving, going to, you know, next week I'm going to Los Angeles, for instance. Compton, baby. I'm actually literally staying in Compton, which is, uh, it's always kind of been a dream of mine, uh, but not so much. <laughs> Maybe in your younger days, yes. you listening to some of the hip-hops. 1994, me really wanted to stay in Compton someday, but 2016, me doesn't want to stay in Compton so much. Well, because you're thinking about things like, you know, life insurance. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not, not not representing. That's not as important in 2016 Fuzz World. Right, and actually, the, the hotel that I'm staying at is on the edge of Compton, and their actual physical address is Compton. But if you go to their website, they have some other city name listed because I think they don't want to get a that perception right away. Because Compton. Because Compton, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Right. We're. Uh, we're going to go and we're going to make it happen and hopefully everything I'm sure everything will be just fine because well that's the way it goes it's got to be otherwise it isn't but but I, back to where I was going I always feel guilty traveling because I'm away from the family mm-hmm. and my wife has to take care of all the stuff by herself when I'm gone as opposed to it being different when you're there well she does take care of a lot. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna 
That's just a joke my wife would say if I was to say the, what you were saying to her. Like, oh, yeah. I, I feel guilty, you know, leaving on these trips and, you know, me gone for a week or whatever it is at the time. And she'd say, so how is that different than when you're here? <laughs> That's <laughs> and rude. I, That's yeah, and then I'd, I'd feel really offended and I'd, you know, kind of accept that she's partially right, at least, that she does significantly more than I do when it comes to general maintenance of the home and child. Yeah, I think you're right about the, the the guilt that there's that, you know. Well, for for me, it was always something going wrong while I was gone. You know, a toilet exploding, or the right. fridge will stop working, or what have you. We always had a a tendency when I would travel that uh, our dog, who bless his bless his soul, passed a few months ago. Um, anytime I travel in the past, he would inevitably get sick. I oh. felt it was some sort of withdrawal with me not being there. But, sure. Uh, Anti-Tim anxiety. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So she'd, she'd end up, you know, I'd call at night or whenever I got around to it, and she'd say, yep, if I live sick, so I just threw up everywhere, and I've been cleaning up vomit for an hour. Then you feel really guilty. For me, it's car trouble. So anytime I'm gone, there's some sort of car trouble. And we have two, like, relatively, I wouldn't say new cars, but low mileage, like, my car... My car has less than 40,000 miles, and her car has, like, 51,000 miles. That's yeah, not... Respectable, that's, respectable middle-class transportation. Right, exactly. And uh, two times ago when I was gone, a wheel sensor went out on my car that she was driving, and it was just over the 36,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty, so... She had to arrange to go get that fixed while I was gone. And then just this past trip that I was on a few days ago, her door on her car stopped opening from the outside. You can only open it from the inside. And thank you, Volkswagen. It's going to cost us $700 to fix Ooh. the door. So You need to trade in some of that junior gold. For I, I think so. I'm going to have to start selling. I'm going to start selling junior gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the other part is that there's always the perception when we're traveling for work that we're doing fun things. Oh, it's a blast. I mean, driving through Chicago right now is something I always look forward to. And then when you get to your destination, I'm headed to a state fairgrounds. So it's going to be a convention center there. And, I mean, that's exciting stuff. I mean, oh, you man. get to be surrounded by, you know, flesh tones and gray tones painted on all the walls and fluorescent lighting. Man. Right. I it's kind of like Hawaii. Yeah. Different. Even if we went to Hawaii, Tim, we'd be stuck in a convention center in Hawaii and wouldn't see the light of day. But like, but we would have palm trees on the wallpaper, I guarantee. <laughs> there would that, be. But at least it's would, warm out. Yeah. Yeah, it's warm outside where you know, it gets <laughs> go. Where you aren't. Well, I mean, it's, it's warm inside, so I think back to... Um, you know, the Orlando Convention Center is one of my favorites a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. They were in a hot spell because it's Orlando, but it was even hotter than normal. And I think it was like 105 degrees inside the convention center. So. Yeah, and, and, and they don't turn the air conditioning on when you're loading stuff in and out of a convention center. It's, oh, no, no it's, no. it's all doors open and, uh, yeah, fend for yourself. Yeah, and it's just it's beyond insufferable, the, the humidity you know, the fumes from the forklifts and everything else combining into just some fun concoction of terror. 
uh, the the noise, the freemen who don't want you to be able to do anything at all except for yeah. uh, pay them to work for you. Yeah, I'm so, so sir, sir, you can't plug that into that outlet. I'm going to have to have one of our people do that. It's going to cost you three hundred dollars. That's literally something that happens if you if you've never been involved with a trade show setup. If you try to plug something in or set up a booth that you brought and put it up yourself, the the organization who runs the setup of those places will come over and charge you, yeah, literally $300 per outlet to plug something in for you. It's The worst is the, uh, this was actually in Orlando too, the first time we ran into this, and it has gone away since, which is not too surprising because it's insane, but it was $1,000 a day to vacuum a 50 by 50 booth, which made me think I was in entirely wrong business, that I needed to buy some vacuums go around to convention centers and then vacuum the booths which you know obviously i wouldn't get all the money but I mean, it just shows the type of type of situations we deal with because that's all you know money we're paying coming out of our clients pockets and, and ours to, to make these things happen and, and i want i wonder if the people who are doing the vacuuming know how much the people who are hiring them are charging for that there's no way there's no way because it's it's like uh, if I were doing that and I were making, you know, let's say 20 bucks an hour and it took me one hour to vacuum a 50 by 50 booth, that would, <laughs> I, I, I would be like, I made 20 bucks and you made $980. Yeah, exactly. And in that, in that eight hour day. I would have made $160 and they would have made $8,000. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if it's a, you know, these are union situations. So you figure, you know, you're all in it together. That that would definitely not feel like a we're all in it together situation. No, it certainly wouldn't. But maybe they get paid a little more. But I, I know for certain that they're not even getting close to a quarter of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, if you know, Fuzz, but for every $20 you make, I make 980 Oh, no, I know that. Yeah, I totally know that. Um, I had it arranged that way because I'm very, very giving. <laughs> that you are. That yeah, you are. yeah. I, I like I like people to have more and uh, me have less. I wonder what I'm doing wrong. That, that could take us into political discussion if we take that too. <laughs> I don't know if we want to do that yet. No, no, no. I think that's do. on our list though, right? Uh, yeah, so actually, uh, yeah, uh, good good segue. So Tim and I were prepping for our call this morning, uh, which Jeff and I never do. And uh, Yeah, take that, Jeff. We came up with a list of uh, 15 things we we're going to talk about today. Um, so the first one is that uh, Jeff is moving, and uh, you recently moved. I did. I did. It was a wonderful experience. So you sure. had you had a, a, a crazy experience where your house was sold, and Jeff's experience is similar. I don't know how, he he doesn't like to talk too much about his personal stuff, so I won't get too much into it. But um, well, he's he, not here; he can't defend himself. Yeah, that's right. He can't up. he can't defend himself. The worst he could do is tell me to edit this podcast after it's up. <laughs> so uh, so Jeff is uh, like you. Jeff sold his house before his next house is ready, and. You had the experience where you, your wife, and child had to uh, live in a neighbor's house. Yeah, we uh, 
We a friend. I should say a friend. Well, they had been our neighbors, so what? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have said had to. You didn't like. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, do you guys mind if we throw our stuff in your basement? It wasn't like that. No, it was. Uh, so when we had uh, decided to sell our house, part of what we wanted to do was not pay double mortgages because our neighbors who had lived next to us, who were very dear friends, had sold their house and moved all of five blocks away because it's a pretty sweet neighborhood and we didn't blame them at all and we really liked that they were close but since our amazing neighbors had moved and we had you know not been residing in the optimal school district for our, our child as she grew up which is the number one priority for my wife being an educator which i'm sure you understand with your wife being an educator as well. sure yeah um when they moved we decided okay now is now's the time but over the ensuing four to five months of our neighbors having moved into their new house and their house next to us not selling and these stories of the double mortgage and basically the money just being flushed down the toilet um which would have caused other issues like toilet backups <laughs> right yeah yes for sure but we just we felt like that was not something we wanted to do but knew you know there's the, the chance of that so we had decided is we'd maybe live with her parents or our neighbors had offered that at their new house, we'd live in their basement. Or if we decided those options were terrible, we would just suck it up and move into a furnished apartment or something like that. Um, after looking into those things, um, Kim's parents lived entirely too far from work for me, so that would be like an hour and a half commute that I was not interested in. The uh, furnished apartments were significantly more um, than we had bargained for especially for uh, temporary housing. And uh, we really liked our neighbors, and their basement was adequate, so we decided to hold up there. And how was the experience having... I, I could, I think I could get behind it if it was just my wife and I, but that your, your daughter is old enough that, you know, it's not like having a baby in the house. But still, how was the experience of living elsewhere with... Uh, or somebody else's house with the family. Well, I would think that most people listening um, would assume that it would be absolutely terrible. I know the uh, Nikki, uh, the uh, one of the people we had lived with, her mom would ask her every time they would talk on the phone, you know, in a very, you know, prying tone, you know, how things were going, assuming that they were just terrible. But to be honest, it was it was awesome. Uh, it worked out really well. My daughter's an only child so we just have her and mm -hmm. the uh, people we lived with they have three children and uh, having lived next to each other you know for pretty much the entirety of each other's lives they get along like siblings uh, in the good way not sure being, yeah you know fighting and pulling hair and she's touching me yeah <laughs> exactly so no they get along phenomenally well um, the uh nikki is also an educator by trade so her and kim get along Nominally well. Uh, Dan's a pilot, so he travels a lot. So sure. you know, we, we, we share those stories, and we, we get along really well. So it was, was kind of like a little vacation. I think the only real bad part was we lived in a basement, so there wasn't a lot of space. There wasn't a lot of personal area. So anytime we wanted to just hang out, um, you know, we were in their living room, and a lot of the time they were around, seeing as it was their house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, How they got rude. They, they, they got really weird when we'd ask 
ask them to leave and give us some space. <laughs> that was the only bad thing. And, you know, we lived on a fold-out bed is where we we slept, um, which in terms of fold-out beds was towards the upper end of the spectrum, um, but it still had a nice lump in the middle. And sure. By the time we were done staying there, it was, wasn't too soon in terms of my uh, sleeping habits. I think I collectively put in about 40 to 50 hours of sleep in nine weeks. Oh, yeah, I bet. That's, that doesn't sound like fun by any means. It sounds like you'd really want to go to a hotel somewhere with a work trip to uh, <laughs> sleep in a nice bed. You got it. Yeah, actually, during uh, <laughs> during that time, I, I believe my only trip was to Kansas, which oh. is just as exciting as Indiana. And, uh, yeah. But sleeping in that hotel bed was that. That actually was like a vacation. So I guess my wife is right in some regards that there, there are some benefits to traveling. Because she didn't have that. True. Yeah, that is, that's very selfish of you, Tim. You should have brought them along. Well, I told her all about it so that she would fully understand how great it was for me. And I figured that would make her feel better. Right. Well, that, yeah, that's uh, that usually does. That's how it works, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, this was really cool. You totally missed out on it. But you should have been. I wish you. I wish you could have been here. But I know you're yeah. working and and taking care of our child while I'm out gallivanting in in Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas. Yes. Sleeping in is yeah. wonderful. Though the She's one really quiet. So I think she was just awed by how wonderful it was. I think that's. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, she. Yeah, she was just, I speechless. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Though I did, uh, one of our trips to Kansas really was one where I came back and my wife actually felt bad for me, and that was because my gallbladder gave out. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was an interesting trip. Yeah, but you ate all my brisket, so I appreciate that. I actually, well, I didn't touch the brisket. I, I consumed the uh, mac oh, yeah, and cheese and that's mashed right. potatoes. That's right, the mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. This story we like to tell is that uh, your butt cheeks weren't even around the corner and we were already diving into your food. Not not knowing what was to come. It's not like you had stood up and said, hey, hey. my gallbladder's going to explode. I'm going to go to bed. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, not being a doctor, wasn't quite sure what that feeling was. All I knew is it wasn't good. Yeah, you looked pretty. Uh, you're, you're pretty pale. Yeah, sweating, sweating more than you needed to. Well, you know, that may have food in a hotel uh, restaurant. So I, I often joke that uh, with my first child and now even with my second child, because they're both uh, part me. I often joke that if they're quiet, something's wrong. And <laughs> I, I think in the same regard, if I don't finish brisket, something's something. wrong. Something. Yeah, something's very, very wrong. Yeah. We were. We were very concerned for you, but uh, but that we were also but that mac and cheese wasting. <laughs> exactly, it, it was it was calling to us. It, it was more concerned about its fate than you were with your own at that point. There was so. nothing you really could have done for me at that point, you know, except for maybe taking me to the hospital, um, <laughs> which which I ended up having the hotel shuttle do. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh, it was fine, uh, and cool. and we got back in time, and actually at the. While we were at the airport, that I believe it was that time we saw John Gruden there, wasn't it? That time that we saw John Gruden, or maybe that was another time. I don't think it was that time, but you okay. were pretty hopped up on meds, so you could have seen all sorts of things. <laughs> that is true. They gave me a really nice cocktail. Actually, uh, I'm not supposed to say this publicly, but I'm going to put it on a podcast that'll be available for the world. Uh, the, the hospital. I told the hospital I had to get on a flight at seven in the morning the next day, and 
uh, they said, okay, don't tell anybody I'm doing this. And they handed me a, like, a little pouch full of pills and said, take these, take these right before you get on the plane. And, uh, but you're not, you're not supposed to leave the hospital without having already taken these. Oh boy. And I took them a half hour before I got on the plane and it was glorious. So you actually, you got those through security. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, getting pills through security is, you know, like they they never check your like prescriptions or anything like that. If you, or at least I've never had them do that. So yeah, I've never. I've, I mean, I take ibuprofen for, you know, dad pains and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I, I always worry if they're gonna ever pull me aside and ask what these little pills are, which you know, they're ibuprofen. I swear, which you never know if they're gonna believe you or not. So I'm right. just curious. Yeah, yeah, no. You, you were very happy, and I do remember your. By the time we got to Minneapolis for our layover, that you were much more smiley for a guy who was, you know, had an internal organ rebelling against him. Yes, it was. should be <laughs> uh, an organ that was saying, "Hey, you know what? I just don't want to live in your body anymore. I think uh, we should just go our separate ways." Yeah, peace out, man. Go to Compton. Yeah, I'm going to Compton. That's where my dreams are. Yeah, so me and my sack of stones, we're gonna yeah. hop out of here. By the Straight way, out of Fuzz's body. By the way, uh, Dad Pains was number six on our list of fifteen things here. So, What's that on the list? All right. Yeah, complain about aging and aches. I think that counts, right? Yes, yeah, I'm uh, I'm driving, so I don't have you know because I'm a very safe dad because I want to I want to take care of my child, not just give them life insurance payments. So right, no, we we, we don't want you to get hurt either because. Uh, then I'd have to have a new a new Tim at work here with me, and I don't know if I could handle that. No, I would just no. We're not doing that. We a new Jeff temporarily, right? But, uh, yeah, a new, new Tim. We're, we're not going there. Yes, you're uh, you're just a temporary Jeff. I'm sorry. That's um, all right. That's all right. But you could you know you can come back sometime. It'll be great. Um, so number three on the list. I, I was recently in fort lauderdale with my oldest daughter we went to see my dad for his 60th birthday and while we were there we stopped at a, we went to go see a movie and while we were sitting in the lobby there was a poster for an animated film called sausage party <laughs> did you yes. watch did you watch the trailer i have seen the trailer okay so we're sitting in the lobby. She goes, Dad, what do you think Sausage Party is all about? And <laughs> I had to do my best not to uh, give away anything, I guess, of what I really was thinking. Trying to not lie to your daughter while also not, you know, shattering pieces of her childhood. And I said, judging by the actors who are playing the voices, I'm assuming it's probably inappropriate for children. And she said, well, that's weird because it's a cartoon. And I said, yeah, but sometimes that happens. Well, kids grow up and kids like cartoons grow up. I mean, it's one thing she'll learn as she gets older. Right. Like, so, so we went to the movie and the sausage party trailer played and she's like, oh, oh no. And she's like, and it, it was, you know, it wasn't the red band trailer, which has all the curse words in it, but it was definitely the, uh, it still had the essence of what the film was about. And she's like, well, I don't think I want to see this. And I said, you're right. Yeah, you don't want to see this one. Um, but then I was thinking, I want to see this movie so bad. <laughs> I think it's interesting that your your daughter does take that, you know, that I don't want to see this approach. 
Yeah, she's uh, she's not the uh, and, and she's I guess she's still got time. She's twelve now, right? Yeah, just about 12. twelve. Yep, just about twelve. So, um, you know, it's that you know you think about you know ourselves growing up. I remember plenty of times I wanted to do things because my parents didn't want me to do them, and uh, you know I, I never remember myself once seeing something that was illicit or you know behind you know a barrier something i shouldn't be doing that i didn't think oh i want to peek behind that curtain right yeah right i mean i never even lied and said oh no mom i don't want to see that you know i would just be quiet you know and then find some way of sneaking on the interwebs and finding it but uh yeah you i I think you've hit the jackpot with uh with children yeah thanks uh i'm gonna knock on wood here because who knows what teenage years and estrogen and oh there's uh, yeah you you still you know, there's there's still plenty of probability factored into to her maybe you know turning into someone who's going to steal cars and you know, <laughs> de- de- deal junior gold. But uh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's it. My worry is that you know you have two, and it's something you know we talk about with other parents. My wife and I were talking about uh, the other day in terms of children never being alike. And us having one child, I think one thing, one part of my thinking behind that when we had discussed having a second was uh, my daughter was very easy as a baby and mm-hmm. as a kid and she's she's been for the most part obedient she's not perfect or anything you know she has her fits and whatnot but uh, it's been pretty good so we figured that a second child would be you know just satan hell on earth just yeah, just just straight up satanic demonic evil hell on earth and well so thank think, you thank you for I looking out for the 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 betterment of humanity. We appreciate that. Yeah, but uh, so I worry about your second child, though, Fuzz. I, I worry that uh, she is <laughs> going to uh, throw you through the ringer, and now she's she'll probably end up being sweet. Well, she had, her, for, she okay. had her double pigtails, and she was she's cute as a button. And yeah, she's never going to change. Double pigtails, by the way, that we call those party piggies. And party piggies, yeah, all right. party piggies. But the the first one, the oldest child, uh, she never slept ever. Um, she was like you sleeping in a basement uh, for nine <laughs> weeks, and she never napped. She would sleep from like nine p.m. until about four in the morning, uh, but you know, wake up twice in between for like the first two years of her life. So she got it all out in the beginning, right? And then she was like from age three to four was probably uh, the brattiest, screamiest little devil um, I may have ever... Nah, I shouldn't say that. She was... She was enough that it was. It kept me on edge for a long time. Well, uh, you've, you've dealt with millennials at work, so it can't be the brattiest I've ever seen. <laughs> right, and I'm just trying the, to... Just... You know, honestly, I, I, and I, I apologize to any of my millennial employees who are listening because this is not... Uh, uh, this is not meant for you, but there are times when something will happen and my wife and I will say, okay, now, uh, you know, number one, uh, that is something that a what would do? And she'll say, a millennial. Okay, you're right, sweetie. Now don't do that, okay? Uh, oh, and we're, we're totally just, you know, blanketing the entire generation. Which oh, yeah. Perchance I, I fall just barely into. Um, yeah, but. Right. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. We, we have very, very good millennials. 
millennials at work. I think we have the best of the best. Of so yeah, no, I, all, I, all, all of the millennials who, who happen to be listening, who are thankfully millennials, are, are smart enough to know that they should listen to their boss's podcast. Right. Um, you're all wonderful. I love you all. Yes, we both love you all. And uh, but some of your peers, however. Right, and you know which ones we're talking about, so don't even say that we're not. Hey, speaking of uh, listeners to the podcast, I, at this point, I need to um, give a shout out to our first email uh, at notbaddadcast at gmail dot com. Um, fortunately, thanks slash, Gmail for your support. Yes, thanks Gmail. Uh, the yeah this this podcast brought to you by Gmail. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, fortunately and unfortunately, it was from my cousin Jake in Minneapolis. But uh, he said, work in a reference about I'm going to be 500 miles by the Proclaimers in the next podcast. Um, that works into the whole travel thing. I like that. It does. Yeah, you could have walked 500 miles to Indianapolis. Is it 500 so miles? About uh, 300, something like that? 380? To Indianapolis, no. It's, uh, it's about 250. 250? Okay. So, round trip. Round trip, it's 500 miles. 500 miles. So, how about that? Yeah, it would have taken about uh, 20 days to walk there and back, be my assumption. Walking about 10 hours a day, 10 days each way. Yeah, I'm going to go 17 and a half days. Okay, yeah, that's about right. I like specificity. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I know you do. I know, I know you like specificity. You're kind of... You're kind of very specific here, and specifically specific to be exact. Yes, exactly. Uh, specifically specific. So, uh, let's see. Uh, number four on our list was uh, random BS, which we've gotten out of the way. Uh, oh, that's that's just you know that's three quarters of our conversation. Number five was riddles and insults, which we've kind of. Well, I don't know if we had any riddles. What well, what kind of cheese is made backwards? Oh, um, I don't know. String cheese. Edam. What? Edam. Edam. Which is literally the word made backwards. Oh. It's a dad riddle. It's totally a dad riddle. Oh, see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Um, complaint. Complaint. Number six was complaint about aging and aches, which we got out of the way. Uh, number seven was repeat ourselves because we're old. Because uh, I already said number six before. Yeah, we are flying through this. Number eight is goddamn millennials, uh, which we've <laughs> we got, just hit. We just hit, so that's cool. Uh, number nine, get off my lawn. Get off Ooh, my lawn. That could be a whole other podcast series talking about lawns. It very well could be. And by the way, you uh, you have, and we don't have to go too deep into this because we're kind of getting to the edge of our show here, but. Uh, now that you've moved to a bigger home, you have a big corner lot, and how, how are you enjoying taking care of the lawn now that you've got a big lawn instead of a, a small lawn? Well, I think I've uh, I've hit that that point in life where uh, it's a positive thing. So I have four times the lawn to mow, which I, I had basically a postage stamp before. Um, and I've always liked mowing the lawn, but having a significant lawn to mow. So it takes me about an hour and a half, and uh, I choose to push mow the thing. Good. And uh, it's it's self propel sets. You know, it's a little bit of a a luxury in, in that regard, but still, I, I like the 
the effort of push mowing, I feel like I'm more connected that I have an emotional attachment to my lawn and that sure. I feel that it appreciates the quality of the cut that I provide to it. I think there's something to be said for that. I also think, though, that there's something to be said for the nice wide stripes that a uh, commercial lawnmower puts into the lawn. But, you know. Yeah, uh, if, if you can get to that level. I mean, there's that in between, you know, those, you know, the residential, you know, sit down mowers, the non zero turn. Um, or as my wife says, zero turn radius. She cannot stand the term zero turn. She feels like it's not descriptive enough. See, now I would say that your wife is probably a little bit more precise than you are. <laughs> she is. It's, yeah, she, uh, I think she you may have very just, vague. I think you may have just gotten some of your either. Oh, well, one of two things happened. Either one, uh, you're picking up some of her preciseness, and that's just part of your personality because that's what you live with every day. Or you and she were attracted by each other's preciseness, and that's how. That's exactly exactly what happened. Yeah, that you were like. Yes. You were somewhere like balancing your checkbook, and she ran into you, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, look at all those perfectly round zeros and uh, down to the cents. That's crazy. We should well, get married we... and have one single child." And <laughs> yeah, we got out our, our spec charts in terms of what we were looking for for uh, <laughs> life mates, and we uh, did a compare and contrast. And you know, we were both looking for at least an eighty percent match, and we we hit eighty four. So we decided uh, to do this thing. You, de- you developed a flow chart, and uh, yeah, ended up getting a coming to the yes, we should get married uh, section. So that's good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there was you know a couple points within the flow chart where you know it looked a little dicey, but you know, marriage is about compromise. So we specifically compromised. Perfect. Which is totally contrary. It made no sense. Yeah. No, that's all right made sense to me man um so number 10 is repeat ourselves because we're old and i think we just did that when talking about you being precise uh number 11 but seriously have you seen fuzz's lawn it's gorgeous um and, I, and i've only seen it twice and i haven't seen it in it's uh it's full glory now that you've been there a couple years it did help you move in yeah um, which you did not help me move in and i'll always hold that against you you should um and <laughs> I was gone both the times that you were moving, so I apologize. How convenient! Yeah. And did you did you feel just as guilty as you do when you leave home? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But you know, when when I was moving, I checked your calendar to make sure that you were going to be around when I was moving, uh, and you should have done the same on, on my side, uh, just to make sure. So next time, think about that. Look at my calendar before you I move. Sh- I need to be more considerate of you. Just yeah. in general, just in general, but specifically with that. Or just more selfish about looking at my calendar to make sure I'm going to be around to help you move. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number 14, read this list that we created. Check. Uh, boom. Uh, number 15, favorite words. Procure, macadamia. Uh, you you really like the word sans that I... Sans? Yes. I said, uh, read this list we created, sans curse words. Yeah. Sans is just a, it's, it's a nice word. It's, it's descriptive, yet has like a flair for the exotic, you know, because you could just say without. You could. You know, which would be, which would be plenty American for us, but, you know, there's something about sans that just beckons to the Latin nature of, Ooh, beckons. of our language. Latin nature. Wow, good, C- good ones. Cacophonous. Cacophonous. Actually, one that I've, I've been told that I use a lot, which I guess would 
make it one of my favorite words is I use the word correct instead of the word right because right. because I don't want somebody to think that I'm talking about the direction. It's because you're left-handed, Fuzz. It is. You, yes, you live in a right-hander's <laughs> world and That's you true. refuse to use their handedness as a term for correct. Yes, it's kind of like the uh, the anti-gender movement, but yes, I'm, exactly. I'm the anti-left or right-handed movement. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, yeah, yes, correct. That is correct. Uh, let's see, number 16, Zika virus. Should I skip the Olympics? Yes, Zika virus. Yeah, uh, the the Olympics, I think, is, is going to be one one awesome reality show to watch. I mean, it's leading up to it. It's been pretty amazing with the uh, the Zika thing and the the uh, the favelas and the crime and the you know police and fire folks going on strike and Olympians dropping off left and right. It's you couldn't have scripted this as more of a uh, see. I would swear here. It's really hard. For yeah, don't swear. swear. The only reason I don't want you to swear is because then I'd have to go and edit it out, which takes time, and I don't. And you've, you've got a trip on the horizon. You want to be I, doing that? I do. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be editing stuff. And I've managed to not swear a single time, which is pretty amazing for me. I have to remember I'm not at work, so I shouldn't be swearing. Right. That was a big thing uh, coming to work here. Is I realized I I used to get in trouble for swearing when I worked at the radio station. Not not even on the air. I wouldn't swear on the air, but. Off the air, I would curse like a sailor in the studio, and sometimes I'd get reprimanded for it. And here, everybody swears. So my first week, I came home, and I was like, hey, everybody there swears, so I won't swear as much at home because I swear all day at work. And then I realized that that doesn't really work that way. Not at first. You you get used to it, and you you remember, okay, I need to watch my mouth at home. Right. And at work, I can just let it go. Yeah. 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 Except good. when there's clients around. Well, I mean, some clients, you know, yeah, things some... can get uh, pretty, pretty out there. But yeah, it's good though. It's good. Really? It's good to it's good to use language to its fullest, whether those words that just sound good or uh, curse words, which are just chock full of emotion and meaning. That's right. That's and that's why we use them. Exactly. And then. Uh... 16 and 17 are totally inappropriate. So, uh, well, one's about politics, and then the next one is, like, a crazy political uh, fever dream that you had. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, which... I, was, uh, I was giggling on the couch about that, and I got the my wife looking over at me and saying, so what are you giggling about? Uh, actually, I got the exact same thing, and I said... Tim's hilarious, and I read it to her, and she said, "I didn't need to hear that." <laughs> I'm sure if I had read it to uh, to my wife, she would have said the same thing. But I had uh, decided that she did not need to, to hear my fever dream. Actually, uh, her first thing was, "Are you texting Greg?" Uh, because Greg here, Greg and I at work here, we uh, sometimes get a little inappropriate in our text messages. And, I can see that. Yeah, and uh, and and you and I do too. But uh, Greg will just send me some off the wall stuff now and then, and and then we we don't know when to stop because we're like fifteen year old boys. So um, fifteen, all right. You've you've aged beyond where I've gotten to. Yeah, where were you at? About twelve. Twelve. Yeah, I stopped about twelve or thirteen. Yeah. See, I I I I think I just wasn't as vulgar at twelve. 
But by 15, I was full on. You know, like, I'm glad, you know, my parents weren't there for most of the things that I would talk about because. Oh, can you imagine? I would have got slapped backhanded. So. <laughs> Which is completely unacceptable nowadays. So, parents, please do not backhand your children. Right, don't da- do that. Da- dad tip of the day do not yeah. backhand your children. Boom, look at that. You worked at a dad tip. That's great. We haven't had one in a while. Backhanded compliments, though, you can kind of work those in. <laughs> yes. You know, you so can. Some sar- sarcasm. Yeah, ruin them emotionally instead of physically. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's our generation. That's right. And we grew up in, on the internet. We, we read YouTube comments. So. Right. Turn them into nice, fine, second-gen millennials. So, all right, well, we've gotten through our list, and we're at about the 40-minute mark, so I'm going to let you continue driving. You're probably in Indiana now, yes? Not quite. I got 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 started a little bit later than I I wanted to. I hit the snooze button twice. Oh, all right, all right. Well, uh, safe travels, and um, I recommend you stop uh, in Gary. They've got some nice restaurants, and... It's kind of like it's Compton of the Midwest. It is. It is kind of the Compton of the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, oh, actually, yeah, Chicago is probably worse than Compton these days. So, probably uh, it's one of my one of my favorite memes I've seen um, was uh, a nice picture of Chicago skyline and said, "Chicago, come for the food, stay because you got murdered." <laughs> oh, that's it's funny. Ah, Chicago. It's funny and horrible. <laughs> All in one. All in one fell swoop. So, all right. Uh, enjoy your junior gold. Uh, hope there's some really high scores. And <laughs> we will talk to you uh, Well, on the podcast. I'm sure we'll talk to you again someday. All right? I'd be more than happy to join again. And I appreciate you looking to me as a, a temporary replacement for Jeff. You know, not, not, not a Jeff 2.0 because it's not permanent. But, you know, you know just a... Yeah. Just to sit in. Yeah, just, just a, 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 a Jeff a, proxy. A crush test dummy, which is yeah. probably not the best thing to say while I'm driving. I'm no, it prob- you know? probably isn't. But A crush test Jeff. Crash crush test Jeff. Yes, so who's yes. actually getting his brakes fixed today, too, which is... Say that three times fast. Cry- no, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say it once, and then I'll edit it in twice and speed it up. Uh, ah, technology. Yes, thanks, technology. All right, buddy. Well, speaking of that, I have to go get my airbag fixed to my car, so I'm about to head out of the studio and and run to the dealership, and uh, I will talk to you when you get back in the office, and thanks for joining us on the show. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, make sure, if you're listening, that you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NotBadDadCast, and you can also email us uh, questions, topic ideas, comments, uh, dad tips, whatever you want at notbaddadcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. See you. Bye. The Not Bad Dad Podcast. Subscribe at iTunes and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Not Bad Dadcast.